welcome to 12 Questions. Hi. Hi. We've heard this voice before. Yeah. Uh, this is Anna Valenzuela, and Alex Young will be dr- joining us soon, hopefully. Mm. I mean, if the traffic gods permit, he will be here. Yeah, he will see, be- he's a true disappointment to us all. <laughs> be bumbling in i love a I love a text message where i'm like hey man sorry about that i lost my car keys eta is uh 4 15 mm-hmm. and he was like oh i forgot that we're having a podcast <laughs> so oh i thought there, there's like you know a thing with actual consequences in that case my eta is never <laughs> instead exactly. of lies exactly yeah. <laughs> so uh so yeah um that, that's what's going that's what's going on with us today mm-hmm. Guys, well, what's going on with us is we're here doing a podcast. Alex Duong is out galumphing around. Galumphing yeah. is a fantastic mm-hmm. way to, to describe it. And who are you, sir? Hi, my name is Joe Dosh. Joe Dosh! Oh my gosh. A uh, a 12 Questions return. Mm-hmm. I love it. It's yeah. exciting. I'm so happy to have you here. I believe we did it, what, last year? We did it last year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I like, the, I, like the, I like the yearly check-ins. You know, I take that <laughs> back because... It, th- it may have been a little further. I think I had like I think I had like eight months at the time, and now I have like two years and like four oh and a half. God, so, yeah. it's been forever. You're sporting a little bit of a sunburn. The old Latina lady in me wants mm. to like rub creams on you and aloes, and to aloes. tell you tell you to take a Benadryl tonight when you go to bed so you don't itch. I don't need to do all those things. I know you don't. Yeah. I know. I know. I know. That's just me. Yeah, it's just me trying to to mother people. I think like, do you think like white people are like vampires where it's just oh they'll just they'll just be doomed if they if they take <laughs> you can't. Absolutely, actually, I'm pretty. I'm pretty sure. I've had a, I've had a couple of conversations with the white side of my family to mm-hmm. confirm that there is there is some sort of vampirism going on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but so okay, so how are uh, in this amount of time? How are things? Like, um, I'm pretty good. I have like in addition to um, two years, four months, and some change in sobriety. I have a year in ACA as well. Hell mm-hmm. to the yeah. I love it. I which I would describe as like my journey from AA into ACA. It's like you ever play a video game where you get to the end boss and you think you beat the end boss and you're like, I just won the game and then it mutates into it like a scarier, much more horrible end boss. <laughs> oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So Thanksgiving with my uh, grandmother. Bowser's a robot now, I guess. <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> That's so funny. Mm. No, I love it. I I mean, I'm sorry that that happened, but I'm grateful. I'm grateful that you. I, I'm 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 on the I'm on the teetering edge of going back to therapy or starting mm. ACA. That's uh, that's kind of where I'm at. Well, all I have to tell you is fucking Ganondorf turns into a pig monster. So just <sighs> you know, buckle in. <laughs> My Get your God. mirror shield or whatever. I have this, I have this like project I'm doing, mm. and I have a deadline. And my brain was like, "Hey, my disease was like, you know, what it would be a really cool thing to do. You should open those emails you decided not to open that where your, your grandma sent you when she was having a super antecedent crazy tantrum when mm. you were setting boundaries." Mm-hmm. And uh, in one of them, she said she had dementia. Mm. So I forwarded that over to my uncle, right. expecting it, like, "Hey, this is a medical condition. We should take action." Yeah. And um, his response was, your guys' relationship's complicated, so I don't know what to do. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, cool. And now I'm just backing away. Yeah. That's, that's, I think that's all I can do. Well, that's just, I mean, that's how you get into situations like that in the first place is they know in the back of your mind where they're, I'm like, well, they might think I have dementia or health problems, so therefore I can kind of abuse them at will. But it's kind of like negotiating with terrorism in a way. 
Yes. Yes. And when I worked in treatment, my bottom line, I would literally, my bosses would laugh. I'd say, I don't negotiate with terrorists. Mm -hmm. I'm like the Bush administration. If you're going to come in here, you're going to try to emotionally gangbang on me. Mm -hmm. The answer is still no. But with my family, it is so much harder. Well, and it gets to like, you're not like, what's not, I don't want to sound callous. It's not how this is meant to sound, but like, what's the worst that could happen to her really? Like if she, like a doctor would call you if she were truly in a situation where like she... She needed help. Would Abs- you not say? I mean, yeah, yeah. I think you're correct. Yeah. I think I should have called you. Yeah. <laughs> I think you're correct because I was like, I, I was, I, I just, I forwarded him over the information. Mm-hmm. I was like, I think you're missing the point. Mm-hmm. The point is, is she's reporting she has an illness, mm-hmm. so you might want to follow up with a doctor. And yeah. I just kind of left it at that because that is. Um, you know, she's told us she had cancer when she didn't have cancer. Like my grandma's a gangster. See, in that case, <laughs> I would just be like, you, you cried wolf too many times. That's what yeah. I told her. I was like, you know, I please send over the doctor's orders that state that you have this mm-hmm. illness and I will be more than willing to participate in your treatment plan. Uh, yeah. Someone smarter than me said, if someone shows you who they are, believe them. Mm-hmm. That was my, my mm-hmm. Angelou. Oh, was it? It was. Okay. Yeah, I, I, was, I was about to just say it like it came out of my mouth, but I didn't think I could get away with it. And thank God I didn't do that. It was well, it was a Maya Angelou quote, and then it got co-opted. You stole my shit. It no, it got. I think it got co-opted by a um, uh, Tyler Perry movie, and then I quoted it to somebody, and they were like, "It's a Tyler Perry movie quote." And then I felt shamed. You know, <laughs> for reasons. I, so just, I was like, "Why do I feel shamed?" It's a, it's a perfectly fine quote that I just, means real things. I just thought the phrase "Medea is the modern Maya Angelou," and it bummed me out mostly because it's kind of true. It's so true. Yeah. It's so true. Did you watch? I was like, "That's terrible," and that no, it's kind of on the money actually. <laughs> Did you watch the most recent episode of RuPaul's Drag Race? Oh, I'm caught up. Yes. <sighs> That mm-hmm. Maya Angelou impression. Yeah, it was pretty great. So great. I'm oh. just resting my eyes. Although I've had it up to here with the goddamn vixen and busted ass temper tantrums. Your looks are busted. I can't hang. I can't hang. I, can I tell you, this is how... You stapled is- 10 hats to your cunt. I'm not buying it. <laughs> Shoe, bitch. This is... This is how I know my boyfriend is normal and decently adjusted. Yeah. After we get through the episode, I was like, ooh, we got to watch that untucked. Mm-hmm. And he said, and I quote, why? It's yeah. just the vixen participating. Mm-hmm. What did she say? It's, he said, it's just the vixen gaslighting yeah. the other people. Precisely. And it's only going to upset you. Mm-hmm. Why would you watch it? Yeah, precisely. And I was like, oh. I mean, I, I will. I still not, watched. It, I but. won't miss a moment of Drag Race, but I, I did know that was precisely what it was going to be. I know, I know, I know. Plus, you never know what's going to happen. I, you, mm. yeah, you never know. You never know. And I feel like I actually feel like because I was like the whole time I was kind of freaking out. I was mm. just like, yeah, I knew from watching the episode that Asia did not, that Asia got wrapped up in the drama mm. and did not, um, didn't was it not Asia? Um, Eureka. Monique Hart. Yes. Monique Hart. Wait, was well, it? Well, she should have spent a little less time getting wrapped up and a little yes. more time learning the words to cut to the feeling. One of the greatest summer songs of recent years, which I died to see on RuPaul's Drag Race, and Monique <laughs> just poached it. It was so bad. There are 22 <laughs> words in that song. You took your wig off in the first 10 seconds. Just, it, oh, God. It was a, it was a nightmare. Mm. It was so sad because they clearly wanted to send the Vixen home. Because mm. you can tell RuPaul was like, 
oh. Well, that too, but yeah, and that's... Speaking I mean, of showing you who you really are, mm-hmm. Rue was like, oh. Yeah. Oh, you gotta go. Yeah. Like... Well, and the thing is, is like, I get the whole like keeping her on for TV, but like Monique is way better TV than the Vixen at this point. Yeah, she's... Monique is... Monique might be one of the best just contestants on that show, not drag queens necessarily. Yes. Yeah. She's entertaining and very quotable and she knows she's quotable Mm -hmm. america Mm -hmm. america i'm a production i'm a production Mm -hmm. (laughs) but anyway okay Mm -hmm. (sighs) all right let's let's get into it because you're so um i obviously this is some stuff i need to hear today you're built like linda evangelia you're beautiful there's no way i'm gonna be able to switch gears just back from track i know i know i know but i think i mean I I think that there's a lot of strong parallels between like the dysfunctional. I think what Drag Race brings out of a lot of those (laughs) certainly are if you want them to be. (laughs) Well, I think Drag Race brings out of all of those contestants, especially this season. It brings out everybody's like family dynamic qualities. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Or like their trauma, like Blair St. Clair all of a sudden just like blurting out trauma. Like that episode was too much. I couldn't take it. It was the last two episodes have been. Every, both sides of the buffet mm. they've been everything yeah they've been everything and and i was i, I was a little like i my heart my heart hurt for her but then i was like i wish i wish she had disclosed that in a more um a sensitive setting. i adore blair st Clair, and i was utterly moved by that however with time i am not a fan of the here's my tragic story right before i'm about to get read you could have, yeah. You could have saved that for untucked. I'm not. A, that's the, that was my. It's yeah, the Roxy my... I got left at the bus moment right before I'm about to leave, and then Rue cried and she stayed on, and not even to say that she didn't deserve it necessarily, but it just rings of that. I it, don't. It does. I don't know about that. Yeah, we've we've seen yeah. every we've seen every emotional move that can possibly be played. It's like if I bomb in the OR and I'm like, "Hey guys, I was raped. Goodbye. Good night." <laughs> <laughs> Well, I didn't like it so much, but oh. Well, and I, I had and a, now Earl Skagel. <laughs> and now Earl Skagel, yeah. and he's just like, well, oh, rape. Oh, oh, I don't need this. <laughs> I'm not doing as well on stage right now, so I'm going to talk about my credits, ironically. The, <laughs> the, the question that we really need to do is mm-hmm. eventually me, you, Earl, and like two two other people, mm-hmm. maybe Kevin Christie or somebody, we all need to sit down and watch Drag Race together. Yes. That might be. Earl and I watch it every week. Oh, what time? Uh, five o'clock on Sundays. On or two Sundays? o'clock, rather. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. The um. So, in this in this time, mm-hmm. then we've last talked. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, on on audio. I've seen you since then. Yes. We've seen yeah. each other. Mm-hmm. Would it be funny if we just didn't see each other that whole time? So much has happened for both of us yeah. in that time. Yeah. Uh, and a lot of like personal, a lot of personal growth and upheaval mm-hmm. and also a lot of professional growth and upheaval. Yep. Um, what, what, what would you say has been like your experience of surrender in that time? Um, well, it's, What's been most clear to me, and this is a development maybe in the last month and a half or so, is that for the longest time I was running on uh, a higher power. I was trying to surrender my life to and my defects to a higher power I didn't trust. Okay. Um, you know, I didn't grow up with the concept of God that was very helpful to me. I don't know any gay people who do. 
Um, I also just, I had a very like sense of like Catholicism wrapped in there and the way just kind of like my family life worked was I had a very like, you know, I had a very like walking on eggshells kind of relationship with God. I had a very, you know, like I thought I had to do thing like my favorite metaphor of it is I feel like I was trespassing in life and I thought if I could just earn enough things, I would like kind of earn a right to be here. And that of course does not work. So I had a concept of God who was mad at me, who would be mad at me if I wasn't able to have faith in him. And I have a concept of God that would turn on me very easily and a concept of God that would want to punish me. And, um, I was actually just sharing in a meeting this morning about this. I know in, in the end of the, the big book, there's a story about the guy who really fought to make sure the phrase God, as we understood him, included in the second and third steps really really like he sounded like he was a huge pain in the ass in the early days of AA. thank god yeah and i'm really really grateful for him because i have i used to get really tripped up when i would go okay i believe in god but i don't just get to decide who he is that's crazy and i just finally got to a point where i'm like yes i fucking do yes i do now i'm now i'm running off of a higher power that is gentle with me who is loving Mm -hmm. with me who is patient with me who says things like yeah i totally get why you have a tough time uh, surrendering to anyone or anything or trusting that you're going to be okay. I, I totally get that. Um, and then it just got to a point where even with whether I would know that intellectually, I would go, yeah, but I would get tripped up because my disease would say, well, yeah, well, that, yeah, well, you, that you may very well know that, but you're never going to get out of the trap of having this higher power that blah, blah, blah. And I just had to stop and go, this actual God, is it stronger than all this dysfunction around me? And the answer is yes. Yeah. So when I could phrase it like that, it became easier to let it, to actually let my go life go to it. That's beautiful. There was a long time where I'm like, kind of like with the ACA thing, it's like having two diseases on top of each other. Right. Where, you know, they got to a point where I really did know that, you know, I don't control most things. Um, I can't control if anyone gives me a big career opportunity. I can't really control if anyone wants to fall in love with me, you know, big external things. Um, however, it was like I had this ghost on top of all that going, okay, you get, you know, you get that you don't control things. Well, tough shit for you because I'm going to get mad if they don't happen anyway. So it was really, yeah, I guess the best metaphor is two diseases on top of each other. And it's, you know, there's like one that overshadows the other. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. I really, I really like that distric- description because mm-hmm. I try to describe it. I've heard it described as um, two sides of a coin. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I try to describe it to people. It's like I just have a little extra stank. Like mm-hmm. when it comes to my disease, there's this additional, this additional element. Like yeah. I had to, I'd have a conversation about intimacy uh, with my boyfriend, um, explaining why I freeze and flinch sometimes, mm-hmm. and it, it has very little to do with you know where it has it ha- it's my it's my physical response to my emotional state and mm-hmm. as long as i can talk through my emotional state i don't have those physical responses right um and that, i recognize that that isn't conversations folks have to have mm-hmm. sometimes you know what i mean and um but i accept that i have to have them because it's my it's it I have I have no control over that. I just mm. gotta accept it. You know the. I love that. I, it seems like you've transitioned into experiencing your higher power rather than deciding what it is. Well, 
I don't even know if I, w- I, I actually would argue against that. Like, I feel like I have decided what it is or like came to understand, like, you know, if you look at like what a God really is, it's like a transcendent ideal. It's kind yeah. of all the powers that, you know, that put me here. And I don't believe like, I don't believe that I was a mistake by here. I believe that I'm here, that I'm at, le- at the very least I'm designed to be here. Yeah. Um, but you know, forces beyond my control put me here. So I'm not going to act like I'm some mistake that just doesn't make sense. Um, you know, and I, it's just who, who's to tell me what God is, you know? Um, I don't, the people who kind of lived with the sort of God that I, you know, I don't see like spiritual development in them. They don't, you know, they don't yeah. have what I want. Right. Um, so I just got to a point where I would go, well, who, you know, who has what I want and how is their relationship with their higher power? Like, what would I, you know, bear in mind that like, that doesn't mean I just get what I want all the time, knowing that like, I need to, you know, I've, you know, gone far enough in life to know that like you get stronger through pain and adversity. And sometimes like you learn things from tough lessons, Mm -hmm. but you know, I look at it like, how would I raise a child? Right. How would I raise a child? Um, there's called things called the inner child work in ACA where they're like, you know, I, if I rose a child, I would not spoil it and just give it whatever it would want. But if it were having trouble, I wouldn't scream at it or be mad at him for not doing very well either. I would give him what he needed um, with a lot of love and compassion. Yeah. Mm. That's great. That's beautiful. I was actually going to ask you, and it, it sounds like that you've answered it already. Mm. Um, so I was going to ask you, instead of uh, asking you where your insanity is at, mm. I was, I was going to ask you what your, how your trust has grown in your higher power. Um. Well, I think now that I have a little just physical sobriety time, you know, there's just been a lot of things that have happened, like just a number of things that I used to have so much fear around. I have, I was able to give up to any, like I used to be so afraid of like, you know, money career kind of things. And I got into so many pickles where I just completely spun out of control and things just kind of worked out all right. And then I had other times where I'm like, you know, I don't have a clue. I'm in this totally new situation in my life. I have no clue by what mechanism I'm going to get out of this, but I just, I think it's going to work out. Yeah. And that's just worked out enough times that I've been able to abstract it and go, I guess faith works as a principle. So if I can apply it to these, it's shown me it's worked in these areas and these areas. I have no reason to believe that it won't continue to work in other areas as well. Yeah. Mm. That makes sense. Yeah. With that in mind, how do you, how do you continue to make decisions in your life and in your recovery? Um, I try not to, I mean, I try not to think about it too much. I try to really, I mean, you know, because I've also found that like quote unquote bad decisions or mistakes have kind of jostled me onto a path I needed to go. So yeah. let's say I'm really like spun out about something and it like quote fucks something up for me. Yeah. I usually, I probably either didn't need to go there or I needed a little more time or I'm like, you know, maybe it would have led down to something externally good, but maybe would have tripped me up spiritually speaking. And I would, it would have been better if I had a little more recovery on me and I could have handled something like that a little better. Right. Um. So I just try to stay on top of my 11th steps and my 10th steps and just my recovery in general. And then I just kind of don't belabor my thinking about things. And I just do 
you know, I have learned that I am able to walk through fear. Fear, I am ironically kind of afraid of not walking through fear. Yeah. Um, so, because stopping is the prison. Yeah. Yeah. Deciding like, well, I'm not going to act. My decision is in action is always a deeper, darker prison than sure. actually not doing yeah. the thing. Yeah, exactly. And I've also, and I've gotten to a point where, you know, I do know that I am on principle a person who will walk through fear as much as anybody. Um, and mistakes don't ruin my life. So I don't try to, because when I really, really, really belabor, you know, making a decision, that means I'm trying to make it perfectly and I won't, and I'm just going to be dissatisfied. So I just kind of stay on top of my recovery and my steps as best as I can and then just make it. And yeah. then I have faith that like, well, if this doesn't go my way, that's okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I I think I'm my freest personally, creatively, freest Mm. i have it my most free um when i am under the complete understanding and it is super trite Mm. and stupid and a bumper sticker but when i am under the complete belief and act and acting under that belief that there are no mistakes then i'm like oh Mm. okay and then if a mistake is brought into my mind obviously like causing somebody harm or doing something that i know is incorrect as long as i'm you know in line with the principles of my Mm you know, my, my true self, my higher power, my, you know, my program, as long as I'm making decisions along those guidelines, I don't really have a lot of mistakes from there. Mm-hmm. And when I do, as long as I practice that 10 step, I'm like, Oh, yeah, hey, I fucked up. How can I make it right? Yeah. And then after that, it's just like, it's just nothing but freedom. To take it back to a drag race analogy. Yes. Uh, who won drag race all stars too? Oh, well, Katya. That's correct. <laughs> That's the correct Katia. answer. Alaska won. Alaska won, but Katya won but, our hearts. But she won, and she completely stopped, and then Katya went on to more and bigger things. Katya, like, I used to be very Alaska in that I was so terrified about losing the small game that I didn't have the perspective to look at life as the big game. Katya yeah. won the big game. Yeah, and I think, I mean, I think it's, it's very... Um, it's very human. Mm-hmm. And I've definitely I know both of us have had conversations where it's like we're 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 so obsessed with winning the small mm-hmm. game. And I definitely this week I had this like fear of like time, just like time in my life and mm-hmm. time for fertility and time for having a family. If that's a thing that I, you know, that if that's a thing that's going to happen and and really got into this space where I'm like I got to get my fucking shit together Mm -hmm. and do this and try to control some outcomes. And I immediately was in a state of self-will. I immediately was like, did not like the way I felt Mm -hmm. immediately. And I I think the intersection for me is where, where do I, in playing the long game Mm. and playing the, the, the life winning, winning in life, how do I also, you know, um, how do I also have goals mm-hmm. and work towards achieving them? I know the good is in the work, not the outcomes, mm-hmm. but I'm just like, ah, I want some outcomes. Mm-hmm. And I know that that's very human. Right. I know that that's very human. It, there's a thing in um, ACA called the laundry list traits, which are sort of like the identifying traits of that particular disease. There's one of them called uh, we are reactors rather than, rather than actors. Mm-hmm. And it's got, you know, I have come to see, I didn't really, I didn't quite get how that meant in my life until 
I realize that I look at life like kind of in a way you just, you just described. Like like I look at life as like, oh my god, I got to oh my god, I got to find a boyfriend. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, I got it on TV. Oh my god, I got to book more gigs. Oh my god, I got to make more yeah. money. You know, it's always like there's always I always think there's some reckoning coming on all these things that I have to just get in under the wire. I'm afraid my uterus is just going to explode in yeah. any moment because it's already proven itself faulty. Like there's something that and it's like, oh, my God, like and it's all the yeah. the, the meta thing of that is, oh, my God, I got to win at life. I got to yeah. live a good life. Like uh, there's going to be something that's going to be mad at me if I fail at doing that when I'm able to stop myself from doing that, and that's used to be the way I motivated myself to get things done. So then naturally our brain goes, well, you're not going to get anything done if you don't have that. And that's just not true because then I can let that go. And those things are still there. And I'm like, oh, I might, you know, set up a date on OkCupid today. Or, oh, I might, you know, email some comedy club and try to get some work or something like that. You know, it's, I'm not just living on, it's like, it's like being like hit by a cattle prod of adrenaline all day. <laughs> right to try to motivate myself to work my <laughs> dreams like they're my fucking dreams like I don't need this you know? I know I, I and it's, it's okay so full disclosure mm. I went to like a month of ACA meetings mm. six years ago yeah. I wept in every meeting am I breaking anonymity by talking about that I don't I don't know it's up to you oh whatever okay. I mean we can start this well, I, podcast no, I, over I, right I, now I, I, I don't <laughs> I don't give a care. I just want to make sure I follow the rules. <laughs> no, it's up to you. I mean, it's okay. you can really identify whatever your experience is. Some okay. people never identify what programs they go into. Okay. So it's it's all up to you. It's okay. sort of a thing. Well, I'm okay. Yeah. I yeah, full disclosure, I went mm. to like a month's worth of meetings. I wept the entire time. Mm. Um I started going to therapy right after that. And I think that's kind of what I mm. needed because I had such a mental block against trauma. I was just like, I I did, I experienced some gnarly stuff, but I'm strong. Mm. Therefore, um, I am not allowed to experience these feelings. And people who experience these feelings are weak. Mm. That was literally my mental framework. That that's yeah. that is the um, that is the 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 bottom line of my family. The mm. difference between strength and weakness, defect and acceptability, mm. is is that you are able to withstand a certain amount of just constant emotional verbal mm. and oftentimes physical abuse right yeah. and so um and so that that being said like i needed to go into the therapy part because i needed like one person to just be like mm. no this really happened you're not crazy right um and um and and i and i'm a, I've, I've i've i remember the laundry list and thinking to myself well, that's very true, like mm -hmm. the reactionary part. And I want to not be there. Mm -hmm. I, I want to not be a leaf in the wind. Yeah. I really don't want to be a leaf in the wind. I want to be, because I've done some incredible things, but it, I, I'm, well, I'm aware. Wind, you know? I, a lot of it's just, you know, it's when you said, it was so fascinating mm -hmm. when you said um, that, some imaginary thing was going to tell you that you're bad. Mm -hmm. This is what I'm afraid of. Mm -hmm. I'm afraid that I will tell me I'm bad and I fucked up and I will take it out on everybody around me. Mm -hmm. I'm literally the bottom line for me in my recovery from my, my, my drug and alcohol to my family stuff is I am 100% afraid of becoming my mother or my grandmother. Mm -hmm. And because I never want to hurt anybody that way. Right. Not that I'm a huge victim. I still participate in a relationship with my grandmother yeah. as minimally as possible, but I still participate. Um, but 
that is when when you said that that resonated with me. It's not it's not one particular thing. It's that I'm I'm afraid of letting myself down and taking it out on everybody around me. Mm-hmm. Like the most. There's there's a thing <laughs> called the 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 flip side of the laundry list true, which is like sometimes those like the laundry list traits they have um you know, like one of them is we become isolated and afraid of authority figures. And then the flip side of that, that they write down is uh, we become an intimidating authority figure. Yeah. Yeah. Which I, I very, easily which, do that. which I very much do as well. You yeah. Know? I mean, at the comedy store, shit. <laughs> it's so, yeah. it's so easy to flip flop between like, <laughs> I have one name on the 10th step for that. It's just Frank Castillo over and over. <laughs> <laughs> you do have a fun friendship. We do. I'm very fond of him. Yeah, I mean, it's it is really easy in this environment to go from being like, "Oh, I'm a kind and loving person," to just punching somebody in the neck mm. out of the blue, yeah. and it's like, what, like, where do we? And and it is that self protective. Everybody here is kind of a broken toy, so mm. there is that sort of self protective, um, behavioral stuff mm. going on. I don't know. Are you being mean to Frank? No. <laughs> <laughs> but I do, Frank, like, I will say that, like, I like I don't think there's anything wrong with, like, breaking balls and screwing around by any means. But that, if, if I'm being honest with myself, there have definitely been some times that I've done that to kind of be like, hey, everyone, don't fuck with me. Yeah. You know, and it's just not necessary. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I used to think I had to do that because I was gay and I was walking in here. And I remember there was a time when I was like, no one here has ever shown me anything but just love and respect. Yeah. Absolutely. Mm. Absolutely. That is, that's true. Yeah. Like nothing has been telling me I have a problem with that here except my head. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I think, you know, it's, I've definitely done that, the preemptive strikes mm. and I've definitely, um, I've definitely felt that from other people mm. and taken it in. Right. And I've had like weird responses. I've, I've stuffed it. I've internalized mm. it. I've, um, I've responded therapeutically and completely weirded those people out. Mm -hmm. (laughs) The response to me being like, I recognize that what you're doing is about you and not about me, Mm -hmm. but I'd like to have a normal conversation with you is usually, why are you being weird? (laughs) And I'm like, okay. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So what do you, when you find yourself in those situations, do you just walk away or do you I usually just kind of walk my walk away. Yeah. Yeah. I find like, I don't, like what you just said, be like, hey, you know, is everything okay? Like I kind of find I don't, I'm not, I don't think I can really do that without like a big part of the back of my brain going, yeah, now I'm really fucking with you now. So like, really? I, yeah, kind of. So yeah. like if I could untangle that, I would like to do that, but I don't think I can. So I kind of just leave. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't really, when I ask somebody if they're okay, it's usually because I want to gauge like mm-hmm. where they're at mostly for self-protection, yeah. not necessarily like trying to fuck with them. Yeah. Um, not, no, actually not at all, but in general, it's just like, are you okay? Mostly what I'm asking is, are you going to hurt me? Mm. <laughs> hey, are you going to hurt me? Cause if you're going to hurt me. I'm going to leave. <laughs> yeah. So, um, that's fascinating. I, I think that's, that's actually a, a phrase I'd like to take out of my, I'd like to take it out of my, um, vocabulary. If, only to not put myself in the position to be a caretaker Mm -hmm. because it's exhausting Mm -hmm. because I ask if somebody's okay 
and they'll they honestly tell me a lot of the times and, and then I'm like I'm I feel heavy. Yeah, and honestly if they're in this building that no. No, they're the not answer. okay. Yeah, the yeah. answer is no. Yeah. <laughs> the answer is no. Yeah. So what is what's been the most surprising thing you've learned about yourself? Um that I'm a lot gentler than I realized I was. Like one thing I've noticed in kind of the last maybe six months is I don't, I'm like, I I always knew I was sensitive to a degree, but I always had such a callous over it that I didn't really kind of access that part of me. Like I don't, I don't like violent TV very much anymore. Like it really kind of bums me out. Like I cry a lot more easily just at movies and songs now. Um, Yeah, I always kind of had a, I always had this like kind of nothing bothers me kind of attitude about life. And like to a degree, that's true. Like things that are like, like funny things to this degree don't, but like I was watching even like Game of Thrones and like a dragon started a guy on fire. I'm like, I don't want to watch this. That hurts really bad. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, they. uh, How bad do you need to be queen, you dumb bitch? (laughs) (laughs) They really amp it up on that show, but they actually tone certain things down. They got to a point. I read the books Mm. before the show ever came out. They got to. (laughs) They got to a point in the fourth and in the third and fourth Mm. books. So. let me see a clash of Kings, a feast of crows. Mm -hmm. There got to a point in those books where I was literally like, I'd be reading and I'd have this very serious look Mm -hmm. on my face. And the gentleman in my life at the time would say, are you okay? And I'd go, I don't know. I've just read like 40 chapters of just like rape and death. And we used to jokingly call it, he'd be like, how's the rape and thrones going? Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I'm fine. I'm fine. Um, but I, yeah, I understand that. I always saw you as such a sensitive, sweet artist. Mm, always. Thank you. Like, always. I've never, like, like, I've never, I've never seen the callus. But I can really. <laughs> I mean, well, I've seen. Anna Valens. Well, but no, I've seen, I've seen you be, I've seen you be angry mm-hmm. and I've seen you be frustrated and I've seen you be hurt. Mm-hmm. But I've always thought of it as like from a position that you're, that you are so sensitive. Mm-hmm. Well, does that yeah, make sense? Yeah, but I feel like it's way more front and center right now, and it's like now a thing I live in rather than a thing I run from. The way, yeah, yeah. Mm. Well, I'm proud of you. Thank you. That's beautiful. Yeah, that's beautiful. The um, <laughs> what did you say? Really? <laughs> um, I, I'm sorry. What did you say? I when you were that. when you were back to when you were going like like really like. Oh. I don't know. I just always felt, I guess now that I think, I guess when I think about that, I'm thinking like before I really came to LA, I was a lot crunchier. Yeah. Yeah. Like I was looking at, like I have a, I have a hard drive from college that I just has a bunch of DVDs that I ripped on and it was like all my movies I had on it at the time. And Is it I'm just like, like boondock saints over and over again? No, but it's a lot <laughs> of like, it's just like all of it. I remember I just pulled this on the I'm like, I'm going to watch something and just chill out. And it's all just like really violent shit. And I'm like, I don't want to watch any of this like ever again. I have a really hard time with Quentin Tarantino movies. Mm-hmm. Like because they are so oh hi hi oh hello hey so nice of you to arrive hey Hey, buddy how you doing motherfucker oh just uh stop don't (laughs) (laughs) traffic's hard in la is it (laughs) it's something i recently discovered yeah what's up guys it's alex uh apologize for being late but uh i'm getting roasted uh, right now for it by two uh, incredible traffic were any harder it'd be dating in la am i right hey (laughs) 
<laughs> oh my god and the dmv uh okay so <laughs> what is <laughs> we were just mm-hmm. talking about family stuff and and ec mm-hmm. stuff and and we we're getting into um uh the honesty part what mm-hmm. would you say your your level of like honesty with yourself and others is I really make a point not to lie anymore. Yeah. I'm still not particularly great at it, but even like I'm like I remember just a lot of times I would someone asked me, "Did you see the trailer for whatever?" I would say yes if oh. I hadn't. Oh my god, that's the most comedy white lie in the world. Mm-hmm. When they're like, "Oh, have you seen this movie?" and you're mm-hmm. like, "Yeah, sure, I've seen it." Yeah, and I like. No, and like part of it is you just like I don't, I don't care about what we're talking about. Like the like you might as well be like yes or no. I'm this interested, but like it's, right. <laughs> but I like sometimes it's coming from a place of like my interests don't have any value, and everyone else around me is right, and I'm wrong, and therefore me to you know it is on them to accept me into the thing. So I've got to be what they want. Yeah, in a way. So or if I like disagree with them, I would always feel like I had to have some kind of like airtight explanation. Like I would never give my own beliefs and values any like inherent worth on their own. I would always like, if I differed from people, I always felt like I had to have like kind of an airtight argument. I have a lot of like imaginary arguments about why I do things in my head that occur between no one, but me and my disease. Um, yeah i don't feel like i have to like apologize for being different from people anymore you know like i would get really kind of like an edge on me if i would ever if i would do something like that luckily like i kind of found here which is a very like anything goes kind of place anyway and i'm referring to the comedy store if we didn't uh establish that we're in their basement right now um (laughs) but yeah but like i tell you i do that with gay people a lot like Mm. gay people are a big like codependent trigger for me like because i just don't quite and this is, I get like West Hollywood is not my thing and really kind of never has been. But for some reason I get very, very triggered. Like I have to apologize for not being like them or I have to look at myself as like apart from them or not in the circle or that, that like I am for the, that's for them to approve of me or not. Right. Something like that. Right. That sort of inherent like self-approval is so powerful. Mm-hmm. It really is. Yeah. And it leads to authenticity for mm-hmm. sure. I was I was telling Stuart today, I was just like, hey, self-acceptance is the most freeing thing in the world. Mm-hmm. It really is. It's like, it's the basis of, it's the basis of everything we do that's great, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. The, mm-hmm. um, no, now I'd like to get there. <laughs> mm-hmm. No, totally. Like the more you are in like in tune with all the things that make you different, it makes you more likable more yeah. accept more accepting of others because then you are like truly accepting of yourself mm-hmm. and then people can see that and they're like oh okay you, you have a backbone this is interesting you you have all these different things yeah. that you like and i'm learning something new yeah for instance like um when you, you listen to like different types of music and you're like oh i could change it to something that you well, i'm talking about when, when like i'm driving Lyft or uber yeah and you'll get some cool people that are like oh no i, I want to listen to what you're listening to mm-hmm. So, and when you put them onto that, then you're like, hey, like this is, I'm, I'm truly learning something new with the, instead of just changing the channel for other people. Yeah. So that, that, that really helps me too. I, I resonate with that. Yeah. Good. That's beautiful. The, um, do you got here on time? It could have resonated with a whole lot. <laughs> sass. I'm being sass. Don't we you did, sass we, me, you we sasser. Did, we didn't, sh- we didn't do shit, but talk about RuPaul's Drag Race. <laughs> so five yeah. minutes before he came in. Yeah, 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 yeah. Pretty much. 
How do you deal with your fear and anxiety? Mm. Um, well, I doubt that I have much more to say than kind of anyone else has said on this podcast. What I will say that I feel like I can add is I've learned to accept when I don't do it well and I'm okay with myself or I try to be when I'm not very good at it. You know, I mean, we can say walk through fear and, you know, give it over to our higher power, the things we don't control and this, that, and the other. Um, sometimes I'm very, very bad at doing that. And then I get mad at myself for not being that. There's a story in the big book about, um, it's the one about the blind woman, mm. you know, and she talks about how when she was, when she was using, she wouldn't like take any visual aids or she wouldn't like use any help or they had like, like machines to like help people like, like amplify the type on things so she could read better. And she wouldn't, she wouldn't accept any of those things because she was too proud. And then when she got into recovery, she would take them. She'd go, no, this is who I am. I am blind. I accept mm -hmm. myself and I need a little help in this way and I can do that and I can get along with life. I find I have to look at my addiction diseases in a similar way. Right. You know, I try to remember, I'm like, why am I so hard on myself? Why am I perfectionistic? Why do I never feel good enough? I Sometimes I just have to go because that's the disease I have. And if I find if I get too far away from that's the disease I have, then I'm not really admitting I'm powerless over my alcoholism. And then I don't really have a step one. And then I don't really have anything. Right. So. That's amazing. Thank you. Thank you for that. No problem. What character defects do you have to work on the most? Uh, the biggest one that comes to mind is perfectionism. I always feel like I, you know, I would have to be absolutely perfect. I would have to never make a mistake to just not get catastrophically yelled at. Um, so that's where a lot of like my people pleasing comes from. That's where a lot of my perfectionism comes from, you know, growing up any kind of mistake I would make, it would like trigger a very, very like emotionally violent reaction. And it was really scary for me. Um, and I kind of carry that into my own life. Like, the, like you, you know, I'd say ruined is one of my disease's favorite words. Um, any kind of anything goes wrong, I hear, I hear that word in my head a lot. So that's definitely one, perfectionism. Um, um, I'd have to say just because, like in the context of my job, I would have to say entitlement is a pretty big one too because, you know, that's not to say that I need to be skipping down sunset and going, Hey, the entertainment industry is just swell all the time. Right. Everybody. <laughs> no, it's brutal. No, it is. It's grinding, but, but it is. And I don't think there's any problem with, you know, calling it out when yeah. it is silly every now and then. However, yeah, I do get it tripped up where I am a little gay kid from a town of 25,000 people in South Dakota, which like most of my childhood was pre internet. Um, it really, really sucked for me. And I was the top of my class every year all the time. And I'm, you know, an artist. I don't really know any other artists in my town. I don't really know anyone who like was interested in the stuff I did. And it was sort of like, Hey, you... so my like conception of my life growing up was like, I'm pretty good at a lot of stuff and I'm like smart and I'm a pretty good kid, mm -hmm. but everyone around me doesn't really value what I value. So like, you know, hey, I'm, you know, hey, look, I can do this and I like this. And it like, well, tough shit for you. Uh, right. We don't give a fuck. Yeah. But that that can very easily permutate into me now being an adult here in L.A. going, well, I'm a genius and everyone else <laughs> sucks and they only want people who suck. Am I right? Yeah. Four people around me. I'm exhausting with the speech. <laughs> right. <laughs> 
Yeah, no, yeah. that's funny. I yeah, I definitely yeah, I get that. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm from a town of 2,500 people, yeah, give or take the prison population, yeah, and yeah. like mm-hmm. the um, and I'm the only brown girl from that town. Right. And uh, my response to that was like to just not try mm-hmm. and to be um, and yeah, that definitely that speech. I think you called me out on something. I have this joke that I just have to stop doing because it's the the point I'm trying to get across. Um, reads as victimization mm-hmm. and it's not I'm just trying to point out that something is hypocritical mm-hmm. but at some point why do I have to kick the white elephant in the room like why is that's exhausting as well mm-hmm. that's exhausting right yeah I think that's yeah that's I, was, I was the tallest Asian dude in my neighborhood and I was like yeah tall Asian guy yeah, gonna come out to king. LA I'm gonna just slam dunk on everybody mm-hmm. when I get out there and I did for a while yeah until until the other taller guy showed up and I was like oh man what what about these things look at all these things I've done I'm you owe me you owe me LA <laughs> I, I I knew a fella in the program who used to say if addicts had a if addicts had a slogan it would be you don't understand my case is different mm-hmm. oh yeah 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 we're all special. Mm-hmm. We're all special snowflakes. No, we're not. <laughs> no, we're not. Nope. Little dogs in the wheel. L.A. will tell you that. The L.A. will tell you the truth instantly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That'll also tell you no, some crazy bullshit, too. Yeah, wait, wait. <laughs> it will tell you insane things. They will go, I think you're great, and then they will go drive off a cliff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah, then, sure. and then you're like, in a, then you. you're like in a scuba suit, mm-hmm. going like, "There's someone down here who says they want to work with me." Sploosh. I'll call. <laughs> That's so funny. Mm-hmm. I heard LA described as a bunch of tens walking around looking for eleven. Hmm. Maybe. I mean, Alex, why did you make finger guns when you said that? <laughs> I did not. That's just the way I, I crossed my head. You didn't. Yeah, you did in your heart. Next on Entourage. <laughs> <laughs> Well, turtle, get the girl. <laughs> oh, my oh my god! Former guest uh, Jared uh, described described uh, our dynamic as like therapeutic and bro energy. Yeah. <laughs> More like they're a bro energy. Yikes! Get out of here! Right, sorry, no. I'm jumping like a, off the cliff now. You're, you're like a vaudevillian Tony Robbins. <laughs> Oh my god! That's... Like a Tony Robbins tape sold in a swap meet, yeah. just like a bootleg. Um, I uh, oh my god, we love you, we love you, Alex. I mean it. I'm working on it. Guys. I mean it. I mean it. You're so fun. Um, what? Okay, what's been uh, your experience of forgiveness in this time? Um, well, I'd say the biggest one is myself. I had to forgive myself for kind of being a way I didn't want to be. Um, you know, I don't I don't like that I'm ridiculously hard on myself. I don't like yeah. that, you know, I look at uh, that I look at what I do is never good enough. I don't mm-hmm. I don't like that I, you know, I don't like that I feel like I have to be the most talented person in the room uh or else I'm nothing. I don't mm-hmm. like that. I don't really like that I compare myself to other people at all. Um, but I do, and I know why I do, and it's because I have a disease, and it's because that's how I learned to adapt to things, and if I had a smarter way, I would have done it, but I didn't, and now I have a way to make one. Yeah. Um, you know, and this whole, like, you know, I when recovery is not, 
I'm not doing my best at it or when it's, or I rather should say it's not going as well for me. It's when I look at recovery, like I'm cramming for a test that I have no idea when the test is going to actually be like anyone can show up and give it to me at any moment. And I've got to be X amount of recovered by a certain time. I don't know when it is or else my life will be a failure. Um, no, I don't. I mean, and I just, and I can't make it anyway. You know, I know one thing, you know, in the, in the big book, when they talk about in the, the, the talk about, um, the self-will one riot, like we're all like an actor who wants to run the show, trying to arrange the lights a certain way. If everyone would only behave, the show would be perfect. Mm-hmm. A little, um, in, in the next preceding paragraph are some of my favorite lines in the big book where they talk about, are we not a self seeker? Even when trying to be kind, do we not suffer from the illusion that we can, uh, what is it? Do we not suffer under the illusion that we can extract happiness out of this life if only we manage well, which is probably the most important sense in there for me. I took a pen and I wrote, do we not, are we not a self seeker even when trying to be recovered? Mm. You know, Mm -hmm. sometimes I think like if I can just cram, if I can just write more, if I can just shove more things into this and I can just feel great all the time. Sometimes I look at recovery as like a puzzle to unlock, like it's a Zelda room. And yeah. if I can just shove this block here and then shoot that thing with an arrow and do this, then I can feel great all the time. And I, yeah. I can't. And sometimes I just got to go, hey, I've done everything I can do about this today. Yeah. And then be like, now now time to, you know, go watch Atlanta or whatever I happen <laughs> to be on at the time, which is a very good show. I'll check it out. You yeah. always have good recommendations. Oh, my taste is impeccable. It really is. Mm-hmm. The- I also, I'm really like... <laughs> I'm really like you'll never know this from looking at me. I'm very snobbily rejective of anyone else's TV recommendations. Like you know, you gotta watch. No, I don't. Like I hadn't. If noticed. I did, I'd have seen it already. <laughs> That's I. I know. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. I think a long time ago, I was just like, well, you know. If we happen to have some common interests, that's good. If not, that's fine. <laughs> I can't convince everybody that, because I have such specific and strange tastes, mm. and I also uh, do zero work to take in what everybody's really excited about. Right. I haven't seen The Avengers. I'm not going to. I'm I, not. I, yeah. I, 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 superheroes do zero for me. I just don't. It's yeah, great. It's it's good. Well, I, there I it is. Know. I don't know. I, I just, um, I like I like what I like, and, mm. I, and I understand that that's okay. There was, I, there was something that really, the self-forgiveness thing is so, ooh, because I, ah, when you said that, it just, it reminded me, I'm sorry, I'm just relating so much to you in this, I, um, there was a lot of, when I got sick, I was on all these hormones, mm-hmm. I was sick, so first off, I'm sick, so mm-hmm. hungry, angry, lonely, tired, sick, right, mm-hmm. like, I feel icky, yeah. and so I was sick, and then um, I was on all these hormones to correct it, and it was mm. just like pouring gasoline on my defects. Right. And I have mm. a lot of guilt and shame over the things I said and did and re- and the ways I reacted during mm. that time because it felt very much out of my control. Right. And it felt um, and I didn't like I didn't like the amplification of my defects that it was just like ah, like yeah. really, really crazy. And, and I really struggle with that self-forgiveness now. I feel like I approach a lot of things personally and professionally with sort of an apology up front. Like, mm. hi, my name's Anna. I know we haven't seen each other in a while. Yeah. I just to let you know, I was really sick last year. I had surgery. It's okay. The hormones are out of my yeah. system. I won't attack you. I swear to God. Right. And it's like, nobody noticed. Mm-hmm. Nobody Someone noticed. Someone stepped on a landmine in my pussy. And I... Uh, yes. <laughs> I felt better about things, to be honest. I feel better now. Uh, yeah. yeah. Um, my my like, uterus was insulted so many times yeah. that it just calcified. <laughs> and then two little hate babies came yeah. out. 
Uh, someone someone turned on the Higgs boson collider <laughs> in my cunt. If you'd in like my... a chai latte. I... Hi, how are uh, you? Um, I promise I'm not a mess, which, by um, the way, is the number one way to come off like a complete psychopath yeah. is when you approach somebody and you're like, hi, I'm doing well. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. I think it's. I'm doing well should be like, hey, how's it going? Oh, how are you? Mm. Great. How are you? You know what? I'm doing well. Right. It shouldn't be like, hey, I'm doing okay. Please believe me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah it's like stepping for, uh, like stepping ahead four mm-hmm. steps there. Right. Yeah. Please you, believe me so I can forgive you myself. Know, and when you talked about self-forgiveness, I remember like my first sponsor, um, I, you know, I don't, I, I really didn't know what I needed at the time. He right. was a very like kind of a drill instructor. Not, not, I wouldn't even say that. I would just say compared to other sponsors yeah. I had, he was more of that. And some people need that. Um, I was kind of enough of that to myself to no good. Um, he had a very like, I would have, I'm kind of glad I ended up switching because I think it would have ended up making a lot of amends I didn't need to make. Mm. I had a very mm. like, I need to apologize to everyone for like being alive. Yes. Kind of thing. And no, I I don't. You know. I, someone not liking me is not, you know, I didn't I didn't fuck anything up. I don't need to amend that. Exactly. Yeah. I had a I had a sponsor one time I was going through an eight step and she she took a pen and she said, Give me your give me your book. Mm-hmm. And she just crossed out this like entire section that I had written and just said I was a child, I had no control. Yeah. Wow. And she was like, This is not on you. Right. Like this is just I understand that you suffer you suffer from guilt and abandonment stuff and like you feel like you have to make everyone like you but it just sounds like this person doesn't like you. Yeah. And and you didn't and I can literally answer that most of the conflicts in my life I can literally answer with that same sort of idea of like well I was a child or I didn't know or you know and I do I was doing the best I can. Yeah. You know. It's kind of out of my hands at this point. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. One of my amends was the DMV cuz I've had couple of moments where i was shitty there and then my sponsor also crossed out the dmv he's like that's just another day relax yeah you yeah do not so have funny. to go apologize to if you want to make if you want to make a quick um, living amends to the dmv play the anna valenzuela game which is see how many clerks you can make laugh ah all right gonna go destroy at the I dmv you should apologize for that <laughs> <laughs> I was, Imagine was, you just, then you're just at the DMV and some girl walks in. It's like, oh, these poor wretches are their miserable lot in life. I'm going to try to sprinkle some joy. Well, okay. So We're going to start on mic at the yeah. DMV on Formosa. I started doing that before I started doing stand <laughs> I was doing that for years. I would just be like, I'm going I'm to see if I can make this bitch smile. And it would work and it would be fun. But you're right. I'm an asshole for oh, a baby. I don't know. I love it. I love it. I can imagine somebody was like, this precocious ass bitch yeah. came in today. Yeah. Like, because <laughs> I just had unchecked comedy. Like, this isn't Calcutta, bitch. We're okay. Like, I, have, <laughs> I have fucking health insurance. I work for the government. That's, that's yeah. true. That's How about true. The, I think the DMV should come here and cheer us up every yeah. time. Yes. Yeah. Here's what job security sounds yeah. like. Oh my god. Oh my god. What, what is your? What's been your weirdest amends so far? Mm. Gosh. Trying to think of a good story for that. Um, well, what I will say, weirdest amends. Um, I still don't quite know what to make of this situation or what to do, but it is definitely like my weirdest amends. Um, I actually kind of still am not too great with a friend of mine where we worked on, we worked on something last fall 
Um, I, to this day, I don't really know if he was producing it or if he was just helped book it. I don't quite get it, but the pay for it was, I would describe as insultingly low. The whole idea for the whole thing, and it was doing stand-up on something. The whole thing of it, I really didn't feel like, okay, this is a streaming service that no one watches and they're trying to like... My perspective was this is a streaming service that no one watches and they're trying to get some content for free and they're kind of giving you the whole like, hey, we're not going to pay you anything, but we might sell this to HBO. Wouldn't that be great? And I was just like, that's... I've kind of... I was kind of insulted by it, Mm -hmm. frankly, because like... Like, I just didn't buy it, you know? Yeah. When he did that, I tweeted something without mentioning the project or anybody specifically. I tweeted something about, you know, people in LA who are like, you know, we're it's basically a joke about, hey, you're not going to make any money, but we're going to get paid in exposure and, you know, blah, 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 bullshit, you know, right. whatever. I'm not going to do the whole thing. He got very upset. And at which point we talked on the phone and he called me and I said, you know what? You're right. That was really shitty of me. I yeah. shouldn't have said that and typed that. I hand- If I didn't want to do it, I handled that like a real asshole. I apologize. Um, I kind of thought we were good. Then turns out later we accidentally bump into each other. And, and I was like, and he's just like, well, okay, but like, why is that? And I'm just like, well... And then he was also mad at me because I had my manager be like, look, if they're going to try to sell this, I think it's utterly reasonable to have my manager be like, well, if we do that, can we get some language in here that says we get a cut of that or something like that? Which, like, I mean, is a negotiation, and that's not wrong to do. They're they're free to say no. Mm -hmm. Uh, At which point he was kind of mad. Now, he was mad at me for doing that. Um, Like, how dare I rock the boat kind of the thing was the vibe. And I just said, well, I did that because... You know, I, I like if they're not going to pay me anything and they just flat out told me we are going to try to sell this, then we ought to get royalties from it. And I don't think there's any a goddamn thing wrong with that at all. Yeah. Uh, he was mad at me for doing that. And when I explained why, he kind of said, eh, eh, okay. Then I bump into him in public and he totally blows me off and it really hurts my feelings. And then I text him and I go, hey, I kind of thought we were okay. We're kind of clearly not. Do we want to talk about something? And he goes, well, I'm still holding a resentment because of this whole thing. And I just said, well, I. And then, frankly, like, I kind of grovel apologized for the tweet, which I don't, like, apologize twice. I make one apology that I mean once, and then I don't keep tearing it open again. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, I kind of groveled then. You were trying to make it right. Yeah. 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 Which, quite frankly, and by the way, the tweet was hilarious, too. (laughs) I think I remember it, actually. It was funny. Yeah. at which point, like... It's you know, true. Thank, yeah, I kind of think so, too. And then that was another thing, too. It's like, dude, if you're producing this, like, this is kind of not cool to do. Act like a fucking out. producer and shell out some cash, motherfuckers. I, okay, sorry. Well, me. I mean... I, I get... Uh, no, I mean, I'm not... I'm, I mean, I'm not entirely not with you, but... It, and then at this point, like, well, I just, I did that and I had my manager and he was like mad at me because of the tweet and then what my manager did. And I'm just like, well, I had my manager do that because this and the other. And he just kind of stopped talking to me. Mm. He just literally just shut down. It's business, you egomaniac. Well, and I'm not even saying that, but then it's just like, he just wouldn't talk well, to me. Well, he I just am, wouldn't talk, he just wouldn't talk to me. You know, he yeah. wouldn't like, I felt like I apologized for something I fucked up with, but then he like totally blew me off and just kind of froze me out and it really hurt my feelings. And I'm like, I don't think I did something. I did something I needed to apologize for, but I don't think I at all did anything yeah. that you have to give me the silent treatment or over, or you got to look like, 
you know, I did something so horrible that you won't dare to speak with me. And I also don't like, I kind of thought we were more than acquaintances, frankly. So it's like, if that's like the kind of mistake I have to make to where we're just like not friends anymore, yeah. that I don't really want to fuck with that. And then since then, and I like, I saw him this morning and we have a very like, Hey, everything's cool. Kind of like a kind of a frivolous level interaction now. And I'm just sort of like, no, we're really not, but you don't want to talk to me and I can't make you. So yeah, God, this was kind of a boring story, wasn't it? No, it's, no, it's that's pertinent. It's very, it's very. By the way, if you're listening, and you're not in a program, you're not mm. working steps. This is the kind of stuff that keeps you up at night. Yeah. If it does, if it feels boring, trust me, I'm riveted because yeah. because I, I it sounds like it just sounds like there's just it's one of those situations where there is no good, there's no tidy resolution. It yeah. might just be like time, and it might be just kind of letting them go with God in that mm-hmm. sense of like, well, you know, I did the best that I could and yeah. you know, it's, it's unfortunate. That's, that's kind of a, a thing I've come to with a lot of my relationships, especially in entertainment mm-hmm. It's just been like, well, you know what? I, I think I did the best that I could. Yeah. You know, I, I, I feel like I did the best that I could. And if this person doesn't want to have a relationship with me, I'm not going to chase them down. Yeah. There was also a whole thing to the project, too, where I tried to put my manager, like the language of the contract was vague about who would own the stand-up. And like right. my manager was like, can you please include this single line of this, the single sentence in this contract so, I don't, so I don't sell my life's work for fucking nothing. Right. And they were kind of shitty to her, which I was like, yeah, I kind of feel like my instincts were right on this. And, yeah, you know. It's just uncomfortable. Yeah. I Yeah. I get it. Yeah. Joe, you did the right thing. Yeah. By standing up for yourself and knowing your worth because us as stand-ups, we do this shit for fucking Mm -hmm. little to nothing a lot. So when you're coming at us with a business opportunity where you're like, hey, we're going to do, we're going to level up. Yeah. This is us leveling up. Yeah. But you... You go sit back in your corner and we'll call on you for nothing. So that's really insulting. Yeah. Yeah. I like think I take offense to that and I'm sure a lot of people do, the good people anyways, the people that are good at their jobs. Cause mm. Frank, there's a, people that are still working their way up, inc- including myself a lot, and that I would not dare to ask for money if I knew I wasn't worth my shit. If I knew mm. I couldn't handle any fucking audience you throw in front of me, if I, if I wasn't representing for my culture, so to speak. Mm. And if you come at me with this shit, I'm just like, oh, no, thank you. Somebody tried to pitch me a project the other day, and they were like, oh, we want you to direct this project. It's going to be fun. And I look on the fucking call sheet, and mm. it says co-director on the very bottom of the call sheet. And they were like, oh, no, you're going to be directing. So... That means I'm going to have to fight with a yeah. creative duo and you want three directors on Were set? Were you getting paid like a co-director? Fucking no. Well, there you go. Yeah, so I, w- I was like, hey, dude, I'm, I can't do this project. Mm-hmm. I really appreciate it. I'm very flattered. And it was that. We're still cool. Well, and then it's another thing, too, I've learned about boundaries is I had, like, yes. I, there got to be a point where I, like, literally every resentment I had could have been, so, like, just ended with the some sentence saying, like, well, did you say something? And, yeah. no, you know. So it's almost like, yes, I have to, like, respect other people's boundaries, but I also have to do the own self-work, the work of maintaining my own. Yeah. You know, um, a lot of my resentments kind of really toned down to, like, I, this, really, they can be boiled down to this person didn't recognize my boundaries and then maintain them for me because I didn't want to. Yeah. Yeah, You're fucking with our survival here, man. Exactly. I have to, I have to. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. That's per- you said it perfectly. I'm not going to say anything about that. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's brilliant. 
what is um what does your day to day look like? Um, I get up a lot. I used to be able to kind of get up in like an hour, hour and a half before I needed to go somewhere. Now I kind of get up three hours before my first thing I need to be at. What? Yeah, I have a lot of kind of. I have a lot of like stuff I do in the morning. I mean, okay. I always try to like. I do a lot of readings. I do a lot of meditation. I feel like it kind of takes me a long time. Yeah. You know, I bet if you actually timed out like how often I spend meditating, it would probably be embarrassingly small. But I feel like I've really got to like, I can't just kind of like half asleep, like do the readings I need to do and then kind of meditate and then kind of eat a breakfast and run out the door. I've really kind of find I've got to be well yeah, mm. uh, before I get out. Um, yeah, I do. I do a little Al-Anon daily reader. I have certain passages. I do page 417 out of the big book and then the parts from how it works that we talked about. Then there's an ACA positive affirmation I do every morning and then I meditate. And then I always, always eat a breakfast, like yeah. a good breakfast. And then I'm ready to go start doing shit. That's awesome. Um, I need to, I, I said what from a, a state of awe, cause mm-hmm. I'm trying to do the same thing. I'm trying to do like morning pages and meditate mm-hmm. and exercise and all this, these things. It's just, taking me hours i'm so, like self-care no, takes yeah. hours someone asked me to speak at a meeting at 7 30 this morning and i'm like i'm gonna get up at 5 30 and that is me like busting ass way faster than i normally get ready wow so but then again i'm just kind of lazy and slow in the morning too um, i'm super i'm like a nine ten hours a night mm-hmm. sleeper so like waking up in the morning is a real chore for me like yeah. i don't i don't know what it is i was just born to sleep i I'm also sleepy try, baby. it's important yeah I yeah I get really burned out if I'm not yeah. well rested. I get yeah. really cranky very easily, and I just it's just too much of a like. And sometimes like like this like I was working getting a packet together all of last week where it was just like that's what I'm doing this week. Like yeah. keep recovery first, but ain't no nothing else is going on on those two things this week. Yeah, I literally just kind of laid in bed for two days afterwards, and I'm like, you God, you don't need to do you know being a bum. You got to do everything, or all the other Hollywood people are gonna no. take all the dreams. No. And but no, man, I literally just laid around and just slept, and I'm like, that so needed to happen. Yeah, it's an abundant world. Another thing I try to do, and I can't recommend this strongly enough, is there are some Mister Rogers doing positive affirmations online. What? I find they are a direct beeline to all the ACA stuff. They're so good. I also started collecting toys that I really liked when I was a kid. I have some Barbies and I have some Beanie Babies, and I will just kind of play with those for a while sometime too. And I find it puts me in a really better mood. It puts me in a much better space. And what's ACA again? ACA is Adult Children of Alcoholics. Mm -hmm. ACOA, Mm -hmm. if you're nasty. Oh, party. Mm -hmm. The... um, what uh blah, blah, blah. what is your we've talked a lot about your higher power mm-hmm. we like opened with the higher power but what would you say your relationship where would you say your relationship with your higher power is at i would say today it's very very good um yeah. it could definitely came over a hump very recently where it was not good mm. that's beautiful yeah it's um something i can kind of turn it used to be like you know i'm i'm staying connected to it longer and better and more easily than before and i try to check in with it during the day even if things are kind of going okay yeah if i'm like why don't i like say a little prayer and if i'm like somewhere and i'm like that you know like five minutes before things about to start it's like why don't i say a little prayer real quick instead of checking my phone like i'll probably feel a shitload better if i do that so i've started to try to do things like that 
Yeah. Mm. I was talking to my higher power on the way here. I was like on, I was like saying a prayer and talking to my higher power and just kind of like letting, letting my higher power know how I really felt Mm -hmm. about the situation. Mm -hmm. And then I was like, okay, now I can, now I can continue. That was, that's Mm -hmm. just where I needed to be with that. Um, what is something you want to give away on this podcast for somebody just like you? Um, I would say don't be afraid to check out other avenues of recovery. Um, my whole first year of AA was very, you know, I heard a lot of like first year is really crazy. First year was really crazy. I was really not doing well. And it kind of, after I got maybe a year and three months, I was like, I need more help. Um, that can be kind of intimidating to say, but they're out there. Al-Anon is out there. Things like ACA are out there, you know, the food programs and the sex and money programs. Like it is totally Mm -hmm. okay to need more help. And there's also therapy. There's all kinds of stuff. Um, I, I think the, 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 the quote unquote grad school, um, uh, recovery 12 step programs, I think are amazing. Um, your emotional sobriety, is important. This is your life. Um, you deserve more than just kind of gritting through it and enduring it. And if I can kind of, if, I promise if I can turn a corner on that, I, if you're listening, I promise you can too. Oh but what I will, but what I will say is like, that was the hardest thing I've ever had to do in my life. But yeah. you know, there's a lot of, you know, if you qualify for those kinds of things, there's a lot of things really, really yucky, bad feelings frozen inside. But you know, and dealing with them is really, that was pretty much my, what did I do in 2017 was pretty much do that. I would say for the most part. And I'm so glad I did. And as gross as and bad as and tough as it can feel, it's like, it's like your sewer pipe broke in your basement. It's like, it's real gross cleaning it up, but it's not as gross as just leaving it there. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Get it out to the degree that you're able because you deserve it. I'm so proud of you. Thanks. I got to I got to watch a lot of that happen, and I'm just so proud of you. Thanks, honey. You're beautiful. Thanks. You're a good man, Joe. Thanks, Alex. Appreciate it. Thanks, guys. All right, where can everybody find everybody? Uh, you can see me on Twitter. Uh, I don't. I hardly ever tweet because I kind of want to burn all my social media down. I'm not on Instagram because I'm a little rebel. Oh, but yeah. uh, I'm at the comedy store multiple times a week here mm-hmm. in Los Angeles. That's the place to be, man. Paid, paid regular, home? baby. Mm-hmm. That's right. No, no, it'll not do for a man to boast of his paid regularity. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> there goes that. There goes that. Uh, what, what do you call that? That uh, uh, intolerable schmarminess. You no, know, the, the the self. Oh my God, I am a brain fart today. As most Alex, days. where can people find you? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, in the library, learning words again. <laughs> But uh, I am on all social media at Dapper Duong, D-A-P-P-E-R-D-U-O-N-G, and I'll be in Hemet, California. Uh, no, this is it'll be this won't come out in time, but I'll be all over the place. Holler at me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, check yeah. them out, guys. Check them out, and you can find me at Anna V is found on Twitter and Instagram. Um, hey, yo, I could I can introduce you to an aggregate thing that can help you stay off your social media. I I think I might just delete them. Might go all the way. <sighs> Defense mechanism. So mm-hmm. That's the word. Jealous. I was yeah. 
um, uh, at Anna V is fun on Twitter and Instagram. You can find me at AnnaValenzuela.com. Um, I will update my website. I swear to God, I promise you <laughs> check it out. Um, and, uh, check out my other podcast, brew ha ha on the unpops network. And, uh, Joe, if nobody's told you this today, I love you. I love, I love you guys, man. too. Aww. Thank you, guys. And Alex, if nobody's told you this today, I love you. Yeah, love you, too. Ah, feels good. If you're listening and nobody's told you this today, we love you. Bye. 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 We did it. Oh, my God. That was great. Yes. Yeah, that was real good. Yeah. Oh, man. Thank you, guys. Sorry about that. I-